ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 467 of the Drunk Center Podcast. And as always, I'm Tyler. And joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What is up, buddy? Man, I'll tell you what. Glad to be out of work right now. Have a couple days off just to try to recharge, try to get something going so that the next week, you know, handle that craziness. But, uh, man, I'm doing okay. I've been playing, I actually played a shit ton of Halo Infinite this past week. I'm glad I did. There's definitely some great things about this game that uh, I hadn't even realized. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, it's like I, I've been playing predominantly Halo Infinite. I've been going through finishing up bits of Christmas shopping, bits of work, and this and that. But uh, other than that, though, I'm doing fairly well for myself. How are you, Tyler? Doing all right. You know, tired. It is a busy time of year for me. Uh to work you know holidays people ordering shit more online while more never so a lot more delivering um so pretty tired but could be worse could be better um just ready you know i got to work today today saturday i gotta work tomorrow tomorrow sunday so uh pretty shitty stretch but uh just got a, one more one more really 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 nuts week and then hopefully things get back to normal uh well, other than other than, as long as we don't have crazy snowstorms, uh, if we can just have no snow, I'll deal with the cold and the wind. Um, not to turn us to the weather podcast, but yeah, no, I'm doing all right though. You know, um, I did actually. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to check this out, Gables, but What's they uh, Xbox had the 20th anniversary stream uh, a few weeks ago, and there and then that's when they announced like Halo Infinite multiplayer was dropping, shadow dropping, uh, and they announced they're doing that. Um, the uh, uh, Power On documentary, which is a six-part documentary, they put on YouTube on their YouTube channel where you we uh, go through the whole history, the 20-year history of Xbox from the start of like how it, like behind the scenes of how everything started, uh, bringing the team together, like uh, getting getting Xbox and stuff like you know getting it winning like just winning winning over Bill Gates and Steve Ballmer and all that. Um, and I checked it out. It's like, like I said, six episodes. Each episode is like 40 minutes or so. Right. Uh, and I finished it uh, today, actually. And it's actually pretty good. Wow. Um, I mean, you always got to take it, you know, in the account that it's made from within. So they're always going to gloss over some shit and not deep dive. Uh, you know, they're going to kind of gloss over stuff and say, we persevere through this thing that we put ourselves in. Uh, kind of like, you know, it's like, like or over like exaggerate how bad things were to make it sound how awesome it was that they were able to overcome it, stuff like that. Um, but it was pretty entertaining. It kind of brought, it brought back some memories and some, some fun memories of just like, you know, those times. Like I remember like, it was funny, like they like touched upon like the red ring of death and all oh, that, yeah. um, which is a big deal. And like kind of like learning behind the scenes, like it's kind of cool. Like really, they showed like a really good way of like explaining like what it was that caused it, which was kind of cool. Like it was just like turn it. What it was, was like kind of a quick thing. It was like, Every time, like, the problem was, like, every time it heated up, it wasn't overheating. It was, there was, like, these little things in the chip um, that every time you turned it on and off, it was heating it up and cooling it down, and it stressed out these, like, pieces, and then they cracked, and that's what caused oh, it. So oh. it wasn't overheating. Everybody always talks about it was overheating and something broke, like, the bands broke, and that, it, something broke, but it was, it was, it was the heating, not overheating, but just, you know, the overall temperature of the console and then uh cooling down once you turn it off um that caused it talking about the you know the billion the over billion dollars that cost them and uh it's kind of like funny like them doing some of these events with like they had like fucking um like 
a bunch of people like they had a uh, Jack Trenton who was the head of PlayStation huh. uh, interviewed. They uh, interviewed Don Matrick who was the TV 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 guy. Um, it was pretty entertaining. Like just you know them talking about really talking about how like I love it because they didn't really just they really didn't gloss over the flaws. Like I said, they, they did a good job of touching upon them and over, kind of over exaggerating. Like they said, like the Red Ring of Death could have been the death of Xbox, but no, it wasn't. No, we were all there. It wasn't. They it were wasn't still the outselling. No. Every, everybody wasn't mad that their they were mad their Xbox was breaking, but they weren't going to PlayStation over it. They just wanted yeah. their Xbox fixed so they can keep playing. Uh, and it was just kind of cool, like going back and like learning learn some of the behind the scenes stuff about it. And um, it's kind of fun going back into it. But uh, yeah, it was, it was overall really enjoyable. I really recommend that. Uh, you know, like I said, take into account that this is a in house made production, so they're always gonna you know glorify some stuff, maybe exaggerate some stuff. Um, but I mean, it was pretty, I mean, it was like even funny, like they talk about how like their interview, like their, they, their meeting they had with Nintendo when they tried to buy Nintendo, uh, touched upon that. Um, like the, they really touched upon like the, like the, uh, you know, the Xbox one reveal when they just talk about TV, uh, the whole time and how bad that was. And, then, <laughs> um, you know, good old uncle Phil, the second best uncle of all of entertainment, uh, Phil Spencer, um, you know, people don't know who the number one is. Uh, Freshman to Bel Air. He's the, <laughs> the only one Uncle Phil. There's no, there's only there's always gonna be the number one Uncle Phil, and that's Freshman's. Uh, yeah. But you know, Phil Spencer, close close second. Um, but yeah, uh, going with him, like talk about like when uh, Don Matrick left, like a few weeks after the Xbox One reveal, which was actually totally unrelated to um, the reveal thing. Oh, no. It was already no, in the. It was, it was already different. in the. Yeah, it was already in the plans because he was going to um, Zynga. Uh, Zynga, yeah, thank you. Uh, but I remember like everybody's freaking out, like, did they fire him or did he leave because of this <laughs> thing? But uh, yeah, it was it was entertaining. I really liked it. It was fun. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, overall it's pretty good. I I rec- like I said, I recommend people. It's on YouTube. Check it out. It's even in 4K, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I I liked it. It was fun. It's, it's, I always like cool shit like that. I, I still want to watch the Nintendo One. It's free on some streaming device. I can't remember. We talked about it. It's like a five-part. Is it like piece Amazon though. or something? No, it's like a like Crackle. I think is what it is. <laughs> okay. But cool. I, I watched like most of the first episode, but yeah, like it's free on there, but you have to watch ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm so impatient with the ads anymore that uh, um, I just I think I watched like half of episode one. I'm like, oh, I'll I'll just pay for this. I think it's like five bucks a month. I'll pay the five bucks to watch this with no ads, and then just quickly. Uh, cancel it but um anyways gables um we are doing two episodes tonight and like i said i gotta work tomorrow so we need to get through some of these uh topics here uh not a lot going on we are kind of in like this is like kind of the time of year when uh, video game developers um you know podcasters influencers all those uh basically you know like the entertainment world basically shuts down uh for the most part around thanksgiving uh, and then doesn't really, really come back up until like early to mid January. Yep. Uh, now this was kind of like the final week, I think of news. So Gables and I are doing two episodes tonight. We'll have one that's going up normal. Well, I got to work, like I said, I got to work tomorrow. So it might go up a little late. Uh, well, I guess you'll already know this. I don't know why I'm telling you this now, uh, on the show after you're watching the show. But yeah, anyways, that's why the show is going to be a little late, later than normal. Usually I try to get up Sunday morning. Um, that's why, but next week's episode because uh, we don't want to, it's, you know, Christmas lands on a Saturday. We don't want to have to try to squeeze in a recording um, on Christmas weekend. So we're doing another one uh, 
right after this for next weekend. So that one should go up, probably go up on Christmas Day. And then we'll be back in two weeks uh, to, for us to sit down. So like I said, you'll have a, a regular episode next. Well, it'll, we have some topics, but we we'll an episode next week. And then I'll be going over like uh, kind of Q1 2022 mostly. And then uh, we'll be back to sit down again in two weeks uh, to do our game of the year list. So that's pretty, pretty fun. Um, and we'll be, we'll be talking about that. So we don't, like I said, every year we don't know our, we don't know our list. We, don't, we, we, uh, you, we learn it on this podcast. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's always fun to do. And, uh, it's, they're always, it's always a favorite, uh, podcast to do every year. So outside of E3, that E3 and that are my two favorites because it's always most fun and we get a week break. So yeah, it's been pretty, pretty exciting. Uh, but Gables, let's jump into some of these topics here. Uh, I want to start off with no. This is kind of. I mean, like I said, there's not a lot of big things going on right now. We're like I said, it's that final stretch that to this was the last couple of weeks, so we can get like little things trickling in. Um, but I do just want to talk about real fast here. I mean, uh, is that uh, Splinter Cell uh, is officially been announced to be remade. It's going to be made in the Snowdrop engine. It's going to be made by Ubisoft Toronto. Okay. The Snowdrop engine is the engine that the division uses. Uh, which is oh, also okay. the so. division team uh, is making the the new Star Wars game, and they're also making the Avatar game in that engine. So wow. it's a very pretty engine. Um, you know, I, I Division One is fine. Division Two I thought was a very good game. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, we finally know it's being it's it's not made by that team, but they are it's that engine. So we know it's gonna be a very good engine. It's full on. They said they confirmed it's a remake. So it's they, it's not gonna be like a reimagining. It's not gonna be a reboot or a sequel this is a full-on uh remake um i don't have too much you know I, i've talked about this in the past we, we there's this rumor kind of came out a few months ago that this was in there was a new uh uh splinter cell in in development but it sounded like it was gonna be a new one in like an open world environment like a metal gear solid 5 version uh so it seems like maybe that maybe they it's a kind of like a final fantasy 7 style remake where it's you know, a reimagining of that remake, I guess, in a way where, where, you know, like it's a modern day remake, you know, in that sense where they could bring in modern day stuff to, uh, you know, make it more open world, which I hope not. Uh, I've never been a Splinter Cell guy, admittedly. It always felt like when, uh, during that era, the early two thousands and stuff like that, it was like, you're either a Metal Gear guy or you're a Splinter Cell guy. And of course I'm the Metal Gear guy. So I couldn't like those games. I couldn't play those games because of that reason. Uh, cause I was just a shitty fanboy back in the, back in the day, middle school and high school for that. So, um, I don't, I'm, I'm actually excited for this one. I, I'm more excited. The fact that it's a, you know, it's a remake. Uh, and I, I want to, this is, it's always a franchise. I, you know, as I got older and I kind of got that fanboyism, um, it's one of those franchises I, I wish I would have played at the time. Right. Uh, kind of a lot of love for that. A lot of people are very excited to hear this. Um, I don't know, Gables, what was your thoughts? What's your history with Splinter Cell, and what's your thoughts on them bringing it back? Okay, so my history with Splinter Cell really isn't that in-depth. Honestly, it's sort of like the same thing like uh, with you, where I pretty much delved inside the Metal Gear Solid franchise more so than I did Splinter Cell. The experience I have is I rented the original one on GameCube. I actually did use the function that I learned about Nintendo Power Magazine, where you can actually plug in that little GBA... GameCube link cable to oh, your yeah. SP, and you could use it as a little map inside Splinter Cell. <laughs> so I tried something like that, but I didn't really play the original too much. I thought the stealth mechanics and stuff was something that uh, 
kind of flew over my head because I didn't realize it was a clear-cut stealth game to the point where even like a couple of little mistakes and you're dead. That kind of frustrated yeah. me back then as a teenager. I played a little bit of Splinter Cell Conviction when that came out on the Xbox 360. I maybe played a couple of hours of it at most, but until I got tired of it and I did not uh, go forth and continue on because there were other games at the time. It was, what, 2012, like 2011, 2012. I still have the game. Actually, I do have the game on Steam. That Blacklist that was 2012? No, 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 no. No, actually, I was thinking of, I think it, it was the one before that. It was a little bit earlier. It was Splinter Cell Conviction. I think that, that's the one with, with Sam Fisher with the, like, taking a mugshot, right? No, that's Double Agent. Is that Double Agent? Oh, I think okay. that's Double Agent, yes. I just remember that was, like, a Game Informer. Uh, that's, like, a really famous co- uh, co- uh, cover of Game Informer. Yep. Where it was Sam Fisher. I think that was Conviction. Yeah, it's Conviction because he had the, the, that was, like, maybe it was on the cover of the game, but I, remember, I just remember the Game Informer. Issue okay. with him like holding up the mu- with the mugshot and like holding up the card you hold when you get arrested. Well, who knows? You may be right on that one because I have. Because it was like an early 360, like late Xbox early 360 game. Okay, that one, that one I know for sure is Double Agent because the one I was referring to was the later part of the end of like the Xbox generation and the Xbox 360 generation, to where the Splinter Cell Conviction and stuff had the cover art and stuff with Sam Fisher and stuff like uh, kind of similar to how. Those box arts were back then and stuff were like, say, Bioshock Infinite or like uh, uh, Uncharted or something like that, where you had the dude or something like that. With the gun, the gun. This and that, you know, they almost okay, all yeah. look the, very much the same. <laughs> yeah, that's what sold games, you know, you, you got to have those, you have those meeting, you those, what, were the, what were those called? The When you have the interview like fans. Mm. Oh, interview like meeting. fans. When you like you interview and like you get like you ask questions, I can't remember what it's called. It's meetings, but it's like you interview and like you, you find out like how they not, how, like you ask people like you ask people what like what do you think of this name? What do you think of this name? Oh it's yeah, some group. It's oh, fuck. It's like it's, a test some, group or something like that. Something, Focus yeah, like group. a test group. Focus group. Thank you. <laughs> Focus group. Yeah, God, it was killing me. Like I've 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 watched enough uh, practical. Uh, Jokers, Jesus, I can't think of things right now. Uh, Impractical <laughs> Jokers, where they like that's like half their skits is that focus groups, but yeah, that those thank you. Go on, I'm sorry, <clears throat> but yeah, when it comes to the history of Splinter Cell for me, and even in regards to that, that's my extent. But the full on game remake itself from Ubisoft, honestly, I don't really have too much interest in it. I mean, I am excited that uh, an old franchise is going to be remade and brought back to light. Kind of concerned with new Ubisoft when it comes to that stuff, because they have a yeah. certain formulaic thing that they like to do with their games, and Splinter Cell does not fit that type of mold to where you could put it like as an open-world-style game or anything of that sort with filled in with microtransactions or their new buzz term is nfts you know for earning stuff as you play it which is complete bullshit if you ask me yeah i i have i've i've, I've god nfts is, it's like it's kind of i don't know it's like i've thought about talking about on the show and it's like it's kind of like the the Fortnite uh versus apple thing where i just don't want to talk about it yeah it's like i agree it i feel like but though this is probably like a make good thing for like uh we really pissed off a lot of people with this nft thing uh so we're just not gonna um so we're just gonna announce this thing that's gonna make people excited and forget about this also there's all that sexual harassment shit that we got in trouble for last year 
and we really haven't fixed yet. We're hoping people just stop thinking about it. And then it's like you find out like the Ubisoft employees there like <laughs> don't fully understand NFTs and like how they're supposed to Im- implement these things into games. And then you have Stalker 2 saying, we're going to add NFTs in our game. And everybody's like, no, yeah. you know, you're not. And they're like, no, we're not going to do that. And then we have Peter, <laughs> Peter fucking Molyneux, who is making an NFT game. He hasn't even said what the game is or how it's going to work or what the game at, at all is. Um, we've, we've seen nothing about this game. Already made th- over $40 million in, for, for NFTs, and the game hasn't been made yet. Which, I'm, to me, it's like, if you haven't figured out um, NFTs is a fucking scam... Peter Molyneux being involved in it should be a giant fucking red flag <laughs> that NFTs are a goddamn scam. You Bitcoin, bring up a good NFTs. Point. Yeah, I'm like, some, I saw that and I'm just like, I said this on Twitter. Uh, and I'm just like, that was my, like, when I saw that headline, I'm like, this, th- this is the thing right here. Like, I, th- this, this is the dog whistle of like, motherfucker, these things are scams. How yep. do we not like the also don't even get me started on the goddamn environmental bullshit we're doing, like the shit we're doing to the environment, well, the energy it takes to make these goddamn. I don't even fully understand them. Right. I don't think anybody does. Gables, I have tried to learn about like bitcoins and this. Like I understand the idea of them. I'm not that stupid. Right. But I just I don't I don't like how do people fall for this? it's it is like the pyramid it's pyramid schemes, but like. They're not even trying to hide the fact it's a pyramid scheme. I, we have it front and center, and still people go through and invest inside the shit. But anyway, going and heading back to say the Splinter Cell. Sorry stuff. for my NFTs. My NFT no, rant. No, that's fine. That's welcome, in my honest opinion. You and I are the same opinion on the NFT bullshit. But oh. uh, my thing with Splinter Cell, I hope that when they do remake this game, um, that they play it true to what the original game was, which was, hey, it wasn't very handholdly. Sure, you're going to have different type of combat type of stuff right there. It's more stealth-oriented and stuff, so it'll look great, obviously, hopefully. Hopefully the 4K, 60-frame shit, you know, and just mm-hmm. make it look decent and also just whatever you do, do not metamorphosize it to another generic open-world style of game that you put out every year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we Ubisoft... They do take chances, you know. They have like the Rider Republic. They have the Trials games. They have Mario plus Rabbids. Fucking Peter Molyneux has made over forty million. I'm sorry, I'm still, I'm mad about it again. <laughs> God, it just. And he's been scamming oh. gamers now for like close to twenty years. <laughs> God, I mean, like, have we not learned about Peter Molyneux and his bullshit? Do we never? Do we not remember Milo, or Fable Three, oh. or Two, or One? Oh my I mean, gosh! One's a good game. Two is still a good game for its time, but, but there's so th- much lies. God damn it! People, come on! Jesus. So, for a little backstory thing, just a little brief little things for those listening in and not understanding. Like, okay, who's this Peter Molyneux? What in the hell is like? Are they talking about? It's like now you guys know about like say the NFT stuff apparently, since that's the hot thing going around there. The one yeah, dude that pretty much par- like almost like uh, like pioneered the whole aspect of the whole bait and switch in regards to certain things was Peter Molyneux. The guy worked for Linehead Studios mm-hmm. for a long time. He created the original Fable, mm-hmm. and uh, he game. was more or less responsible for hyping these games up mm-hmm. to the moon, saying you could do mm-hmm. this, you could do that, and stuff like that. The worst of that was with Fable 2, to the point where gamers 
back in the day were so hyped. They want to go through. They're going to experience this, that, this, and that. And then we have this whole debacle at launch for Fable 2 to where people were griping so badly because they were hearing the hype and stuff for Peter Molyneux, and they were presented with an RPG, an action RPG, which for the main story was about eight hours long for a lot of people. That was the biggest critique going on there. But a lot of the stuff that was promised was never materialized. And it was yeah. it was the original No Man's Sky. Yes. You know, like it was No Man's Sky, but on a much grander level because it was an Xbox game. Right. The, 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 it was the, the thing about that one, about Fable 2, is actually a very good game for its time. Right. Just, you know, No Man's Sky, I'm not saying No Man's Sky is a, at launch is a bad game, but it was, yeah, it was fine. But yeah, I don't really fucking care. Peter's fucking mom. Why is he still around? <laughs> How? Gables. This is supposed to be about Splinter Cell, and now I'm, I'm mad about fucking my <laughs> luigi just ran away he is not he's like i don't even want to hear about pierre mall new like you've been bitching about him for a week at while well, i'm trying to sleep anyway we gotta we gotta okay. get back on topic here i'm sorry um so fucking stupid. <laughs> uh moving on here gables uncharted like anyways splinter cells being made awesome i hope it's good yeah uncharted legacy edition finally got a release date it's january 28th same day as goddamn fucking Pokemon Arceus. Um, <laughs> so um, I'm in a mood now. So anyways, where was this energy? Like, I've had no energy at all the last, like, 72 hours. And all uh, of a sudden, with the talk of Peter Molyneux, yeah. you're ready to just, like, goddamn. rumble in the like, jungle. <laughs> now that I have to be up, I have to be awake in, like, eight and a half, eight and a half hours. Uh, now I got energy. Fucking figures. Anyways, um Uncharted Legacy. Anyways, has a release date January 28th. Uh, it is going to be $50. Uh, it comes with Lost Legacy and Uncharted 4. Okay. Uh, it's a full PS5 remake. It does not have the multiplayer, though, um, which I, I think was not a big deal. Um, I heard some people bitch about it, but I'm like, is anybody really playing this thing? And if, are you going to play it if it does come out? Anyways, um, people just bitching for bitching's sake. Uh, but um, anyways, it's 50 bucks. If you own either the uh, Uncharted 4 or Lost Legacy digitally on your PS4, uh, you can upgrade each one for $10. So, Which not, you, I think both of us do have, considering that uh, for Uncharted 4 especially, because of the whole uh, freebies that we got for the PS5 and stuff. PS Plus does not count. Oh, the PS so Plus you ha- you've had to have wow. purchased it digitally. It's kind oh. of the same thing that happened with Final Fantasy VII Remake, where they gave it away on PS Plus, uh, but they, they've let you upgrade to the ps5 edition for like i think it was 10 bucks or mm. 20 if you wanted the uh or no it was a free upgrade to ps5 but if you want intermission which was the dlc thing that was 20 um so it's kind of the same idea with that where like if you if you own it via ps plus or the playstation 5 okay uh collection then it does not count but if you bought it digitally if you actually paid money for it then it counts the only downside is which i this is really shitty i'm gonna call this out um, once they announced this, they pulled the PS, they pulled the individual Lost Legacy and Uncharted 4 versions from the store. Wow. Uh, the only way you can buy them on the, on the store is to buy the, the Lost Legacy Uncharted 4 PS4 bundle, which I think is like 30 bucks. Oh boy. Oh, no, it's 40 bucks. I want to say 40 bucks. Uh, cause they're $20. Yeah. $40. So that, yeah, it's kind of like, that's pretty shitty. That's, yeah, that that's is. Like, that's like Rockstar like, doing the same with the Grand Theft Auto yeah, trilogy on Steam. Yeah, 
just I mean, I imagine that I, I I'm I'm feel very confident these games are gonna come out and actually be good versions of those ones and not like the Rockstar GTA ones. Right. But um yeah, it's kinda shitty. Like you as you announce it, you pull it. You could still play them um individually if you own them or because they come out through PS Plus or the PS5 collection. It's Uncharted 4 is on there. Uh, there were some reports that it got pulled from there. That's not true. It's still on there. I, I double-checked. Um, so, yeah. Um, I don't know. That's pretty shitty, I think. But uh, I looked it up on like, GameStop. Like, if you want to buy these games used, um, you can buy them both for under $10 and then upgrade. If you like, if you don't own them already, uh, you can upgrade and then upgrade for... That's 40 bucks. So you save, you know, it's, it's about $40, give or take. Uh, so you save about 10 bucks that way. Uh, if that's what you want, if you want to buy the, the PS4 versions and then upgrade, you know, you get, of course, to keep the disc in there to play them, but whatever. That's typical of anything. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not like itching. The, I mean, I was like itching the last year to play. I even started playing Uncharted 4 last year. I played the first like chapter or two, uh, but I was like, I was like, I'm going to come back when they do like a PS5 patch, kind of like God of War, Horizon, a bunch of the games got right. like a free upgrade patch. It's not a, it's not a PS5 version, but it's like an upgrade. It's a, it's a patch that makes it run in 4K60 on PS5. Uh, so it doesn't, but it's not like up res or anything like that um, to a, for PS5. And this is that. So I don't know. I, I, I'll probably just do the PS5 version of Uncharted 4. I do own that one digitally. I, I actually purchased that one. Okay. Um, so I own that one, but like Lost Legacy, I bought it when it first came out, but I, um, but I bought it physically and I've sold that copy since, but I'm not really itching to play that one again. It's very good. Um, but I'm not like going nuts. It's like, I'm not like I can pay $10 to play Uncharted 4 on PS5, but if I want to play Lost Legacy, then I have to pay $50 just to play that. So I'm not itching to pay an extra 40 bucks, but I don't know. Um, I mean, I, they we've talked about i think like a, almost a third of ps5 owners did not own a ps4 mm-hmm. so i get why they're doing it um i don't know give us what, what what's your thought what's your thoughts are you, are you itching to go back and play this thing or no well sure eventually i will want to go back and play games i said like uncharted 4 maybe i wanted to finish up the lost legacy thing since i have it on ps4 played through maybe close to half of it didn't finish it and stuff use of other games but uh yeah eventually i want to uh delve into uncharted 4 the ps5 version but uh, there's no really any tempting things right now with everything else on the horizon yeah yeah and including we'll horizon about... <laughs> yeah yeah right um uh, yeah we're you're, late january is a packed you're, you're going to a packed uh, time of year which we'll talk about mm-hmm. on the next episode that you can listen to next week um but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of excited, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah, I don't foresee myself jumping into because, like I said, it comes out the exact same day as uh, Arceus. So um, another topic here: uh, PS5. They announced that they're going to have new plates and controllers uh, that you can actually buy. I don't think there's a price yet. No, I've looked. So I think some people have said it's like in some countries about $55 American if you convert it like some places some countries have prices so soon 50 60 bucks probably for for these and then they announce new controllers they have like purple black so like the little side like the white plates on a PS5 you can buy uh, um, different colors so there's like this purple red uh, like a light blue uh, black and pink and then they also have new controllers in that same scheme right um, so yeah I'm, I'm digging the pink with I 
I've held on the past. Pink, pink, and black like together uh, are like is like my favorite like color scheme. So that pink and black controller. If I didn't already own two PS5 controllers, I would probably just buy that uh, <laughs> controller day one. Uh, but yeah, I think this is really cool. This really also explains why they kept shutting down all these stores. Selling, <laughs> there's all these stores selling the plates, and this makes sense. And then, I don't know. Like I always think it's kind of like stupid when they like you hear like Nintendo shuts down somebody doing like a cool like they did their own like Metroid thing and they're not selling it for money. They're just putting on the internet for free. It's like you're not doing anything with this or like they're like upgrading whatever they're doing like 4k stuff like little test shit and it's like or even like you know they're making their own game with metroid or whatever uh you hear about like kind of just like they're not charging just let them do it it's kind of cool uh and it's like but uh, this kind of makes sense because they're like you know they're they're like they're at least they're doing something with this it's not like they're just like i guess you can't now you can make the argument with metroid because now they're actually doing something with metroid but right for years they weren't that was like kind of the case was like in the 2000s and 2010s they weren't doing anything, um, so I don't know I, I'm I just hopeful that I think it's really cool if this replaces like those like, um like PS4 had a bunch of really cool like special edition consoles yeah you know like a lot of people talk about like this a lot of people still talk about the original white Destiny PS4 which is actually really cool I always thought that like the, the even though I didn't like the game the P, the PS4 Pro Death Stranding was badass, um. So I think it'd be cool if like this became the thing of like I can buy sliding the new plates for like you know if there's a God of War plate or a Horizon mm. or something like that like I think oh, yeah. that'd be fucking awesome. What about you, Gables? What's kind of your thoughts on all this? I love the possibilities of that. You know, customize like console covers and stuff to where you could have like a specific game that you would like or this or that. I'm all for different colors in regards to controllers in regards to the whole console cover stuff, because quite honestly, it's like, I like what I have right now for the PS4, PS5 and stuff for the whole white controller, white console cover and stuff. But, uh, that's the thing, man. It's like, well, some, some of my favorite controllers and stuff like that are kind of the different colors I like. Like, for example, it's like with the PS4 pro that I was using for a little while, plus the original PS for slim that i was using i was using the purple controller i yeah. like the the whole midnight purple type of coloration and stuff like that that was pretty cool hell there's a reason why i've been liking a lot of the color schemes for like the xbox controllers and stuff is because a lot of them have different types of styles different type of flares that whole like electric bolt color one is so tempting but uh oh man i wish they had that sort of same like yellow and black sort of things for like the uh the PlayStation 5 controller schemes and stuff. I mean, I like the selection they got. Because, like, yeah. before this announcement, they had white, they had black, and they had the red controller variants and stuff. Which, looking at the controllers, they're going to be different types of costing, basically, on $5 increments. So I think the ones that are going to be a little bit more sought after, I think, are going to be, like, $5 extra. So Usually the special edition ones are, like, $5. Yeah, like they're, like, yeah. 65 sometimes and then you have the ones that are like close to 75 or whatever the yeah, hell like the forza one i just bought was 75 so yeah like for example it's like uh the i know like a retailer's stuff like walmart they have the black one for like like the original like 70 dollars or something like that and it's like 75 for red oh, are they 70 okay I, I yeah yeah so yeah. it's it's definitely quite a bit in regards to investing instead of controller that uh for all the, the other stuff yeah, it's quite essentially like a game. Yeah. <laughs> the price of a game, you're just getting a controller that hopefully will last you a couple of years. Yeah. But uh, 
bar that in mind. So if I like the console color, the console cover colors and stuff, red looks cool. I mean, the black one obviously looks pretty damn cool. It really got me thinking, you know, it's like if they charge like about a good sell, like 50 bucks for these console covers and this and that and stuff, I could go with that. I was just thinking about, okay, what can I do to make my PS5 a little bit more of a flare? I've thought about skins at one point, you know, because the console cover stuff, I mean, it's just a big old white piece of plastic, right? So it's like, mm. and I had it standing, which eventually I want to do, you know, because I don't like having it just on its side because its main design purpose was to be standing up, right? But, uh, yeah, console skins and whatever the type of things I've thought of in the past. But from looking at what we got going, I mean, that light blue... That light blue is actually fairly tempting because put a little bit of a warrior decal on it and like have that type of stuff, and there you go. <laughs> Got yourself a stew. There you go. Long story short, man, is like this is definitely a good hit in the white left in the right direction, you know. But uh yeah. need some more yellow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean like I'm a sucker for these things, like I own eight joy cons or four different pairs of joy cons and i i don't even play in handheld like yeah so i'm a sucker for the shit like i own two ps5 controllers i own two xbox series controllers yeah um I've, i i always you know i don't know how many ps4 controllers i bought so we're all sucker for these type of things so like i'm gonna hold off on not buying that pink one and it's hard it makes it easier to buy it because i have a series s so it matches um you know with having the black and the white but uh, yeah, man. I'm, oh man, like if a God of War one comes out and it's badass, like it's that's I'm buying that. Just hope it's not hard to find. Like hope it's not like one of those rare like limited edition ones. Cause that's gonna fucking suck. But uh, anyways, Gables, let's move on here too. I I will actually be our last topic for this one. Like I said, it's not a lot crazy shit going on. Uh, we are in the holiday season, so uh, smaller news. But this is one of my favorite things to talk about every year. We have the MPDs for November Yay. of 2021. So uh, going through here, so kind of a few interesting things here. Um, for the first time in a while, uh, from year over year, um, sales were down money-wise for video games, but most of that was because of hardware. Yep. Uh, obviously, like everybody was buying consoles all of 2020, and then the new consoles came out in November of last year, and then so we had a big spike there of new consoles. Uh, we had a big spike last month uh, for October, but that was because of the, of the uh, OLED. But, um, right. Not you know same issues with everything else. I'm not able to make uh, the consoles chip shorter. Same shit we've been talking about for the last yep. year and a half. Um, but Switch has now got like I, I we talked about at the time that PlayStation PS5 finally broke the like I think it was like thirty something straight months of the Switch being the uh, highest selling console. Right. PS5 finally broke that in October. Uh, but we talked about the time with the you know with um, with the OLED coming out, having a full month out, it would it would take it back over, which <clears throat> it did. So, um, yeah, we're so they're gonna be starting a new streak. I, I, they're gonna, I think that streak will they're gonna start a new streak until we can finally get new. These consoles can regularly keep coming in, um, which who knows when that will be. Um, but moving on here to the top twenty list here. So starting off at number twenty, we have Ghost of Tsushima. Nineteen is uh, Smash Bros. Ultimate. Eighteen. Breath of the Wild, 17, Minecraft, 16, Shimigami Tensai 5, which is new. Uh, that's his first, first month on there, which is a Switch exclusive, so that's impressive. Uh, Back for Blood is number 15. It dropped for number 2 last month. 
Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons get 14. Uh, number 13 is Spider-Man Miles Morales. Number 12 is Mario Kart 8. Uh, number 11 is a brand new game, uh, Just Dance 2022. Uh, number 10, NBA 2, 2K22. Number 9 is Far Cry 6, which was actually last October's number one selling game. Number 8, FIFA 22. Number 7, Mario, or Mario Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, which um, that's the second, second month on the list. And it's first month on the list. It was also number 7, so it stays right pat where it is. Uh, number six is Mario Party Superstars, which it came out the f- like the the last week of October, so yeah. this is his first full month on the list. Uh, number five is Madden NFL 22. Number four, it's first month on the list, or it's first month out, uh, Forza Horizon 5, despite being on Game Pass. Um, still selling very, very well. Uh, number three, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, brand new game. Uh, number two, also another brand new game, Battlefield 2042. 2042. Number one, Brand new game, Call of Duty Vanguard. So no surprise there. The number two, the, like the number one and two spots being the two, the two big shooters of, no, of November, getting the spots. But Gables, what's your thoughts on overall on this list? Okay, so my thoughts overall is people are going to go with familiarity. That's the key theme of this month because uh, we every year it feels like the same thing that comes in, and this time you know for November or for like October and stuff, you have the constants. You have Call of Duty selling well. You have Battlefield selling well. You have a main Pokemon franchise that's in within the top three, which in this case is Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. But the surprises on this list, there's a couple of them. Obviously, Ghost of Tsushima is back up in the top 20, which I would probably think would be akin more so because of the PS5 version and like the whole well, stuff that's did, going it, on. It was, it was 13th month before, so it went from 13th to 20th. Okay, so. okay. So, yeah, I must not have noticed that the last month. But, yeah, still, it's inside that top 20 type of list. But Simic Gummy Tensai 5, you know, that is a incredibly hardcore niche game. And for that thing to be a Switch exclusive and to sell that well in its debut month is pretty good. I mean, for God's sakes, man, we're talking about a hardcore experience that, you know, it's going to only appeal to, like, maybe a subsect of gamers. And I guess for those that are really craving for a hardcore RPG... Which there are fairly a good amount on the Switch, considering it's the natural evolution of the Vita, for God's sake. Yeah. Well, we we did see Tales of Rise was like top five last last the month in October. That's true, and, and yet November it's, it's nowhere to be seen inside. Yeah, it's not even in the list. Yeah. So yeah, this is definitely a great surprise in that regards, and considering it's one of the best RPGs of the year, that alongside the game that was selling last month, Tales of Rise, you know, it's. It's definitely got a boost inside of his launch month, meaning that, yeah, it's probably gonna not going to be there for the month of December, <laughs> more than likely. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it, you know? It's like there's not too many big surprises on there. Semigami Tensei 5, that's one that I could think of, but it's kind of a standard sort of holiday theme type of NPDs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's so, usually November is kind of like it's chalk. You know what's going to be there. Call of yep. Duty is going to be there. Uh, number one. Which is interesting. It's the first time in several years that the new Call of Duty came out. Yeah. And it didn't instantly become the highest selling game of the of the year. Oh, you're right. Um, yeah. It's it's number two, but it's actually still behind last year's Call of Duty game, uh, Black Ops Cold War. So people we've talked about and it's been pretty well known. And even going into it that Vanguard, there wasn't a lot of I mean, it's Call of Duty, so there's always a lot of hype, but comparative to call of duty in past years the hype pretty low 
uh, you know, the buzz behind it pretty low and coming out of it was pretty low. Um, speaking of, you know, pretty low here, Battlefield 2042, number two, but Battlefield games always sell, start off super hot. The big issue is they fall off is like people don't stick to them very long. Mm. And that's just been an ongoing issue with, with, uh, those, well, those Battlefield games. Like they were going to have a very good spike right at the beginning. And, but then they just kind of like, we we're just talking about Tales of Rise, you know, kind of being in the top five in October. And then it's not even, no, it's not even, we don't even know where the fuck it, you know, it could be 21 for all we know, but it also could be 800 for all we know. That's true. Um, you know, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, not not surprise number three. Um, it's kind of unfair because they're kind of two games here. So I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that buy both copies, but I mean that's just been going on forever. Um, Forza Horizon Five uh, being number four, be, despite being on Game Pass and PC Game Pass. Uh, but there's there's a presence for this where you know Outriders came out on Game Pass day one was uh, I think number two or three the month it launched uh, back in April I want to say. Uh, and it'll be it'll be the show was the best selling game the month it yeah. launched back in, no, yeah I think that was also April might have been April or May, um, and that was also on Game Pass Day One so there is a precedence for this uh, precedent precedence, dense, whatever you know I, words precedence. are hard today for me you know what I'm trying to say, um, words hard for me today, uh so I mean and we talked about this at the time where. Over, you know, if you bought like the really expensive edition of Forza Horizon 5, you got the game like four or five days early. And there was, I think there was already close to 2 million people playing the game uh, before the game officially launched. So that means, you know, over a million people bought the expensive edition to play the game early. So we already knew that game was going to sell well. And over over 10 million people played the game in the first week uh, being out. And who, you know, who knows how many people bought that? So that's awesome to hear that. That that game is, you know, even with, you know, and you get the discount if you if you have Game Pass. I think it's like a 10 or 20% discount on any game on there you can buy it for. Um, I'm happy to see Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy still holding at number 7. Um, you know, it's outselling like a FIFA 22, even though FIFA's been on the market for a few months. And, you know, Far Cry 6, even though it's been on the market for a couple months as well. Um, you know, I, actually, it came out like three weeks before Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. But I'm happy for that. It still sounds like it's overall selling. It's apparently between 1 and 1.5 million copies sold is kind of the reports out there it's not confirmed but that's kind of the rumor um which is you know it's paying it's paying the sins for marvel's avengers which right something we always talk about it's the the it's not that game that gets punished it's the next game that gets punished we talk about like Assassin's creed there was the it was the one after unity that was the worst selling Assassin's creed of all time not unity when unity was the worst Assassin's creed of all time at least when it launched uh as broken and buggy as it was um, so, you know, it's the one that afterwards that pays the piper, unfortunately. Uh, and you know, as good as Marvel's, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy is, I think it's going to be a lot of people's, uh, uh, you know, I should say a lot of people, but I think a good chunk of people will at least be talking about this as like a top 10 game of the year for their personal list. Right. I'm sure it'll be on, you know, on both of ours. Um, you know, it won, you know, best narrative at game or uh, get the game awards. So, uh, I'm hoping it continues to sell, but I think a big part of that being there though too, is that game was like, I mean, it came out end of October and was selling regularly for twenty five, thirty dollars. Yeah. Um, in the like the week of uh, Thanksgiving, for, like Black Friday and everything like that. So they dropped that price fast. So um, that's not full sixty dollars sales for each of those million million plus sold. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think something that's kind of shocking here is how far back of Blood Drop went from two to fifteen. And that's another one that day one yep. came out day one on Game Pass. It was number two that month that came out, uh, but dropped fifteen. So I'm wondering. Um, you know where that 
you know, is there like is this is this kind of like we were talking about like spike big, but you know like people that like or like we were talking about Tales of Rise like, that came out boom shot up to the top and then it's the people that wanted it bought it and then then we're, it's a dramatic drop off since then. But kind of you know something I think that's really big here is the fact that Metroid Dread isn't isn't even on the top twenty list. Nope, it's completely off. The Second list. month on here, uh, it was it was uh, I think uh, I want to say like seventh or eighth. Yep. Um, last month for October and already out. It wasn't even the top 10 selling game on the switch in November, which is concerning. Um, let me see if I can pull up the list. Uh, I can find the list here. So the, the top 10 selling games for, um, for the switch in November, uh, Pokemon, the new Pokemon games, uh, Mario party superstars, uh, Mario Kart eight, just dance, animal crossing, Shimigami, Tensai, breath of the wild ultimate, New Super Mario Brothers and Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. Um, I'll be fair, this is based off dollar figures, not individual sales. Um, I think uh, Mario Kart Home Circuit is $80 right now. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was number 11, according here to NPDs. But, I don't know, it's kind of concerning. I still think it will end up being the the best um, selling Metro game of all time. I think yeah. it's like around the three million dollar uh, three million dollar three million mark yeah um but man i, I was hoping it would like I, I really i mean i'm not a metro guy at all but i really hope that game like ends up like i don't i never thought it'd be like a 10 million so i'm hoping it hits like that five million mark you know like if luigi's mansion can sell 10 million copies metro should be able to sell five right so I, i'm wondering like kind of what that issue is there like why isn't that like what's I know it's Metroid's never well, been the biggest selling. Is it really that? Uh, well, honestly, is it really that surprising? Let's look at this. Let's look at this for example. Even though Metroid Dread is part of like a specific genre in of itself, where it's one of the pioneer type of franchises to come up with a mold Metroidvania style, there has been quite a few other Metroidvania games that have came mm-hmm. out that have outshined some bit of what Metroid Dread is doing. I mean, one of the key example ones I can think of is Ender Lilies. That's one type of game that, uh, yeah, you know, not, maybe not a lot of people know about, but the ones that do know about it, like say on the P- like on PlayStation or even like on Steam or whatsoever, that's something that's definitely got people's attention from that regards. Plus, there are definitely other types of Metroidvania games that have come out of the past couple of years that have done more in that regard. So, I mean, this has come from someone that's played Metroid Dread maybe not as much as maybe I could have done. But even I am willing to admit that since the last Metroid game came out all those years ago on the Game Boy Advance, that genre in and of itself has sort of evolved to that extent to where now when you're playing this Metroid Dread game, it kind of feels there are some parts of it that do feel sort of dated in that regards. Okay. But yeah, uh, I mean, it still ahead, sold relatively well. I mean, hell, $3 million, $3 million in sales for a Metroid game. That's fantastic. Well, no, that's, that's the record. That's the, but we don't, that's kind of what I'm, I'm, I think it'll hit that this year. We don't know. Right. We don't know the sale. Well, Nintendo's like, we, we know that they always give out to the, to the 10th. They give out how many to sell, but like, I think Metroid prime has a record for around 3 million sold. All right. Um, I hope it hits that, you know, fucking Pikmin 3 Deluxe, which is a port of a Wii U game, <laughs> sold over 3 million copies. Like, this should hit 3. I hope it hits 5. Not, maybe not in the first quarter, but at least, you know, they'll make it the first Right, three. I understand um, what you're saying. Yeah. But that's a good. That's a very good point, though. Like, Metroidvania games, especially 2D ones, 
it's a pretty flooded market and maybe that six dollar price point you know it's like especially when you have like you like you you've been talking about like lately they had the castlevania collection you had axiom verge 2 come out this yep. year we've had we have like um oh my god what's the xbox one the the really fucking what the the, the white alien looking thing um you know the 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 metroid one with the the guy playing piano at E3 every year. Oh my <laughs> fucking god! I can't do words today, Gables. I'm looking oh, it up. Oh, the white alien thing. I can think of one Metroidvania game that's been not not released this year, but Hollow Knight. I can think of for yeah. That's one of the main key ones over the past couple of years. For fuck Ori! God damn yep, it, Ori! Ori in the blind. Yeah, like we have like and you know those games coming out and they're typically twenty thirty dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if that's one of those cases where maybe the, you know, people see that price point. It's like your eShop is flooded with very well-made versions of these. Maybe not, you know, people don't want to like, don't want to pay that price and are, you know, like it's been a long time since we've had a new Metroid game, um, on a, you know, like 3DS right. got one, but it was, it was very late in the market and 3DS is not the, is not as mainstream as the Switch. So I wonder if you know people. This is the first real new Metroid game in 15 years. So, um, not counting other M. So, I wonder if that's just the case. You know, it's, um, but I don't know. I hope I hope it works out. I hope it doesn't hurt the case for like you know. Oh. You're right there, Lou. Oh my God, I thought it was like some person in just like your apartment. <laughs> that's what yeah, I'm doing. I'm giving someone an exorcist while I'm doing the podcast. <laughs> um, not today, Satan. <laughs> Anyways, I, I saw that joke from Gables. Sorry, uh, oh. Louis looking at me like, "What? Are, why are you call me Satan, Dick?" <laughs> um, yeah, but anyways, um, let's move on here to Gables. What we've been playing here. So, all right, you and I have both beaten uh, the same game. Yeah. Uh, so let's fucking talk about Gables. You all and right. I both beat uh, Halo Infinite. Um, I I've been, I've been like playing it in chunks throughout the week. Uh huh. Um. But I uh, finally was able to finish it up this morning before I go to work. Um, awesome. But, I mean, what was that? You know, kind of overall thoughts. You know, spoiler free. We're not gonna spoil anything. Yeah. But I mean, overall thoughts on you know when we both played it. I think we were both on a five six hour mark. Yeah. Um. How many hours do you think you played? I think I, I was probably I think around the ten to twelve hour mark. Maybe. Okay. So I you? did go through and check how long I've played Halo Infinite because there is like the whole stat inventory. Yeah. There's all the, the stat category and stuff on your profile that you can go through and check out how long you've played certain games. I've played mine for like about twenty five and a half hours. Jesus. Okay. Okay, so I played mine, I played over a day as well, but it's obviously very skewed because of my I'm playing a bunch of multiplayer. Okay, for me, I I barely even touch multiplayer. I, this is yeah. the entirely like single player only, except for maybe like maybe ten or fifteen minutes most. So for twenty five hours, I did play the campaign of Halo Infinite. <sighs> Let's see. Yeah, this game's good. I feel like this game is fairly good, only because for one, the gameplay in and of itself feels like the biggest crux. Of the reason why I kept continuing on is because I wanted to use that grapple hook and explore mm. every terrain, try to find everything. Let me ask you, did you find a single skull inside your playthrough? Not a one. Four. Nice. I found four. I wasn't really looking, to be fair, but like, yeah, I, did, I know I didn't. 
here's the thing, man. I come to find out, I decided to look up like a little skull guide and stuff like that to see where some of them were. There's three of them that are tied inside the missions. Oh, that sucks. And if you miss one of them, you pretty much can't get the full extent of the collection and stuff like that. Replay the whole game. Yeah. So uh, there is one that was fairly early off, like on chapter two that I missed. And I didn't realize it until after I looked up at the guide and stuff. But, uh, okay, yeah, I got four of them. Two of them I actually found on accident. So the one, obviously, I shared last week. I'm not last week, but, but like the, a couple weeks ago where I managed to – I was fighting one of the banished things, and they pushed me inside the scale, and it pushed me up into the damn section to where <laughs> that skull was. And I'm like, well – I just found a secret without even trying it. So I did that and I found like a couple of days ago, I found the like uh, the IWHD no, the I wish I was your daddy skull or I would be your I would have been your daddy or some of that sort. That's the acronym for the whole skull in and of itself. And quintessentially it's the skull that unlocks the rare conversation pieces on like NPCs and stuff uh, more often than what it is, and I gotta I gotta say, just listening to a lot of the rare comments from like the uh, grunts and the the freaking brutes and like fucking the nice. it's so fucking hilarious too. <laughs> yeah, it it gives me very much like Doom feel. Yeah, like in this, everybody calls you in Halo, everybody calls you the demon. The demon, yep. And it's just like God. It just like makes me like like. <clears throat> the way everybody refer, I can't remember what they what the fuck they refer to you in, in Doom. I can't remember what they call it, but like they just refer to you of, as a Doom Slayer. Yeah, I think maybe they, yeah maybe that's what they call you, but like like the enemies actually refer to you and like the the all the dialogue and all the notes you find like that's what they refer you to. It's just like, God, man, you just I just feel like a badass. <laughs> that's exactly how I felt playing Halo Infinite, to where it's like it didn't matter whether or not I was grappling, hooking my way across the map, feel like unlocking the entirety of all the stress signals and stuff, the the soldiers and stuff, because here's the thing. For me, I made a subconscious decision that I didn't want to 100% complete this game because, for one, that would have had to have required me to beat this game again on Legendary yeah. with all skulls on and fuck that mm-hmm. shit. I've tried that in past Halo games hours. before. I cannot do that. Yeah. <laughs> but it does present an interesting thing where because it's an open world game there are a couple of different things that i can do obviously if i ever do another playthrough of the game which hey that's more than likely i may do that i'll collect all the skulls and stuff i don't mind doing that because that was fun even back in halo 3 that was fun but uh here's what i did inside of the main thing for the 25 hours i spent i mean yeah got all the main missions done got all of the bounties done that was 15 of them the God, there were some that were biggest pain in the asses in order to try to go forth and do. Especially the one with uh, that had the fucking wraith. Oh, Jesus Christ. When you're facing a yes. wraith inside the game... I gave up on that one. I gave up on that one. Yeah, here's the thing. What ended up... I ended up dying quite a few times in that wraith one only because the damn son of a gun, every time that I tried to get close to him or when I finally would get all the enemies dead around him... He would still whittle down my fucking shields and stuff and kill me. And I had to repeat that whole process again. I kid you not, it made me die like about 10 or 12 times doing that shit. But uh, I finally got all those bounties done. got all of those whole FOB like weapons and like vehicle stuff unlocked. 
obviously the rescue distress signals and stuff. I saved all the squads across the 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 freaking what do they call it? The Zeta Halo. Zeta Halo, yeah. Yeah, the Zeta Halo ring and stuff. I collected all I actually found all the Forerunner stuff. You know, all of the four hundred yes. runner rings and stuff. Fairly yeah, interesting so... in terms of like the data and information and all the various story tied in stuff. And uh oh man, I'll say this though, the the last couple of skulls that I did end up finding or where I know the locations too, some of them are freaking crazy the where they were hidden. But uh there is a couple of different skulls. One I think one is hiding in a tree trunk somewhere. I'm, I was looking up a, a guide and stuff. Like, I think it was like last, uh, no, a couple days ago before I ended up beating the, the Halo Infinite itself. God, there was one that's like a center portion, like instead of a tree. There's another that's like hidden, like in some sort of like freaking uh, cliff area or some shit like that. But yeah, they did a fantastic job, 343, in order to hide a lot of these skulls. Because. I would not have been able to unlock some of the stuff unless one by accident, which I did for twice for two of them and two, a specific sequence that you have to do for the last mission of the game. I end up looking up a guide for this apparently. And here's the thing. When you go on about the last mission, if you want to get the last skull, which is called bandana, you have to not kill any sentinel like robots right inside a particular area you can actually skip the entire battle by using your grapple hook and going from checkpoint to checkpoint and stuff and then eventually you'll come across a room you'll come across like uh, a couple different platforms right so the cutscene you go through you play out and stuff but when you look behind you you see that there was another exit door right and it wasn't lit up before but after that cutscene it is so you'll actually go on this intersection, right, to where on the left of you will be the mission checkpoint, but in front of you will be another door you can go through. And so you go through that, and all of a sudden it's like you'll see this little platform or something up top there, and all. And when you go around, that's where the bandana skull is at. That's the last one with that. I forget what it does, but what I could say is it's like it felt nice seeing some bit of the skulls I could go forth and collect inside that stuff. Like I said, I don't have really as much interest right now in collecting all of them in order to do a lot of this or that and stuff. But uh, knowing that I got some of the hardest ones out of the way <laughs> actually made actually made it a bit worthwhile. I kind of admit, though, you know, it's like without going into too much spoilers, I thought the story was okay. I yeah. thought it was kind of jarring where it like uh, started off with because of the events of yeah. uh, halo 5 guardians and stuff it kind of left me to a sense like what, what the hell are we all doing well even like i just beat halo 5 guardian like a few weeks ago yeah and it starts off like a bunch of shit happened and then six months after that shit happened so there's a bunch of shit that happened after five that we don't really explain and then there's been six six month gap in between that shit that they didn't explain happening and the start of halo of halo infinite so, extremely confused. They do explain a lot of that, but even though I'm like, I feel like there's a lot of shit that happened that we still didn't really cover how we got oh, yeah. here. There's definitely a lot of shit that yeah. they that wasn't covered in that regards, like specific characters where they are at, like a specific type of uh, 
they address most of the stuff, but yet there are still yeah. a lot of loopholes, a lot of holes left inside the narrative that are left to be filled in. Yeah, well, you find like the you find the the audio logs explain some shit, but like, I mean, it's kind of the problem with like five and then infinite, where like you gotta kind of like I know like some of the shit is like tied into Halo Wars two. And like book, it's kind of like the blue team shit. Like it's tied into like the yeah, books and stuff like, like the whole thing stuff. with the banish. You know, is really tied into like a Halo Wars two. You know, with the whole thing with Atriox and all the other shit. Yeah, but uh, I didn't collect all it's that. Very Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> very Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> That's what I kept thinking. I'm like, I was when I was like trying to figure out like what the fuck's going on, and I was like, oh, you gotta play like Halo Wars two sets this up, and oh, this book. I'm like, do I need to have a fucking 3ds or something here to? In a, in a Vita to play all these fucking games to understand what the fuck's going on here? What the fuck? Just, oh. I hate when games don't just, just keep it to the main line. You can have side games. That's fine. But don't reach perfect side game. Yeah. Don't don't tie main story shit to Halo Wars 2, which is a goddamn RTS game that no one played. But what I can say about Halo Infinite after spending all that time, it's like, this is a fun game. This definitely has a lot of good gameplay elements of it that I love about it. Story's okay. I mean, yeah, it is kind of odd in terms of pacing, in terms of that stuff. Sure, I didn't really care too much about, say, like some characters inside the game or the kind of the cop out <laughs> towards the end of it. But at the same time, though, I did enjoy my time. And quite honestly, I do want to play this game again. How about yeah. you? Um, I'm with you. Like, as I was playing this game, just like the combat part alone, and with, like you said, the grapple hook is like just it's all it's amazing it's what i wanted doom eternal to be we're like oh in the battle parts of doom eternal the grapple hook was really cool mm -hmm. it was just everything else in between like they were really heavy on the platforming and really killed the flow of that game where you do 20 30 minutes of platforming and it sucked because like this, this, i'm playing doom i'm not a platformer i'm playing goddamn doom mm -hmm. i want to kill things and rip them open with my bare fucking hands uh and then also shoot a grapple hook to move around the like it's really well made and as i was playing this i was like man like i think halo infinite is probably my third favorite fps campaign ever made really like only behind doom 2016 and uh timefall 2 i don't oh, really it, like those are like one on one a i don't like probably doom would be number one then timefall 2 would be two but it's close um yeah, just the way those like the combat and everything flowed in those campaigns, the way like the environments, like just the way like bounce, like the, the way that all the enemies work together and like how you can like work them against each other and like how right. each enemy like there was a strategy. It's like it's like I feel like this took a lot from Doom, where like the new Doom games, where like they said it's it's first person shooting chess, where, like everything there's a strategy to everything like that. Uh, with with Doom, when you see all these enemies, how you can like everyone has their weaknesses Either yeah they can be killed by certain uh weapons or certain ways uh they have weaknesses blah blah, blah. and it's just the same thing where it's like i felt i had like the way everything flowed together with all these enemies in here like where they had the one like i don't know the name of the enemies i'm, I'm not i don't know doom, or not doing but halo that well but like all there's right. the ones that have like the shield where it's like all right i'm going to grapple hook your shield it's going to pop it's going to stun you pop you in the head or i can i can help i can right you know, melee you and kill you in one shot um there's like the ones that have some enemies that have shields uh, and I can fucking hook shot you uh, and it's like you get like electrocuted and it stuns you fucking elbow you twice. Boom, you're dead. Uh, and just like working around and like like in really using the hook shot to like flow around 
get behind you, get behind certain enemies so I can shoot from behind. Uh, the ones wearing helmets where I can just, all right, I'm going to get get out my, my single shot, like my uh, rifle. Yeah, really. Pop you a couple times with like the single shot and then boom, go back to the assault rifle and hit, kill you. Like then just focus like multiple headshots, kill you. Like everything, the way of like, once you like get going, like, like you get so good at it and like, so like you just know it without thinking about it after it's like once you figure it out so like as you just the flow of combat when there's tons right. of enemies roaming around and like you just it's just natural the way like you're going through this like with like the way i play like a madden where it's just like as soon as i, I get up to there i look at the look up, i call my play I get up to the line of scrimmage i see what everybody's the defense is doing i'm like all right boom I'm gonna, if this is covered i'll have to go to this or like just like the, you, you read the defense you, like this. You read, you read the enemies and you plan it out. And but it's like, you're not like taking time to think about. It. You're just doing it because you've just done it right. so many times. And it's not boring. It's not bad that you've done it so many times. You're having fun with it. And there's enough uh, different um, ways of them coming to you and like you're fighting. Like it's fantastic. I love taking over the FOBs. I took. That's one of the ones oh, I, yeah. I did do 100 percent of. I took I over did that too. all the all the fobs. <laughs> Uh, I did like half of like those big main bases. The main um, bases, I got all those. <laughs> yeah, wow, okay. I think I did four of them. Um, uh, those ones are a little harder. Uh, yes, but um, yeah, like the, like the campaign, like there's I, like, it's almost kind of like, a, I would say for the main campaign thing, where like, like when you're like the story mission stuff, where, like it's kind of Breath of the Wildy, where like in the sense of like the whole game is very Breath of the Wildy, but like, yes. I feel like with this, where like the biggest complaint about it, about uh breath of the wild was the main story parts of the game was like the worst part of the game everything else was the best part like the shrines walking through the open world that was the be- those are the best parts of the game doing the actual main parts of the game were like the, the least fun parts of those games not terrible but just you know they some they were just not to the part of everything else and i felt that way a little bit here with that where like you know i'm not even like really complaining about like Everything looked as all the corridors, everything looked the same, which it does, but I'm not complaining about that really necessarily. Um, but like it rely just a lot of like the, the main issue was like you're doing a lot of the same shit over and over again. Like, oh, you get to this door, oh, you need a power seed. Now you gotta go backtrack and you go find the power seed. You gotta go back, you gotta find do this whole like they relied on the power seed thing where you had to go like go find one after you did all this shit and then like Dude, just doing Let me th- tell you that, something. It's like with the power seat stuff, you know, it's like they intentionally put like so many of those power seat things like inside of Halo Infinite the, the way that way. It didn't matter whether or not if you missed a couple of them, some, you could still like fully deck out, max out Master Chief and stuff and have like a handful of them left. Well, no, I'm not. Those are skill. No, you're talking about skill points. Oh, I'm talking about the power seats, the things you use to unlock doors. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Those ones. Yes. Yes. I do agree with you. That that definitely got kind of cumbersome to where. Okay, so this thing's locked, so I had to go through and navigate a whole slew of enemies around this corridor in order to get this power seed and stuff, and then go through and insert it back inside here. <laughs> yeah, it was just that part was very annoying. And it was just like, and there, it it's constant in the main parts of the game. Yeah, um, I will say the boss fights are fucking awesome. Yes, and like they are. this game is like I'm playing on normal, you know, like and it's pretty challenging. You know, it's kind of like, you know, it's not a challenging like a Doom on normal, but it's still it's pretty challenging. But it's like it's not like a frustrating like I think. No, it's frustrating, but not, not like an unfair frustrating. We were like, I audibly yelled "fuck" more times. Sorry, I'm saying it very loud in the microphone, but uh, <laughs> not to my neighbors. But and sorry, Louis, for scaring you. But once again, not to my neighbors. Um, more times than I can count playing this game, which is kind of giving me that doom feel. I'm like, fuck, god damn it! Especially, this game, like, especially against the last three bosses inside that game: the dude oh, with the sword, 
Eshiram. Oh yeah. And Harbinger. That so the the final boss I beat my first try. That was just okay. kind of I thought the uh, I really got really good with the with the fucking the laser beam one that the sentinels use. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I just carried with that with me the whole like second half of the oh, game. Yeah, the sentinel beam, dude. That thing's yeah. an awesome weapon. That thing just wrecked house. It, it's a cheat code. But I still um, I will definitely say the BR seventy five that was good for like the UNSC weapons and oh, stuff. I like the yeah. shock rifle from the whole banished portion of that stuff. Then the ones I can really think of is like. I know that we had like uh, sort of the pulse rifle type of stuff for like the banished side, but I really liked the the military like sniper rifle and stuff like that. That thing was fucking overpowered. That and that mm. BR seventy five because you go through and you try to do like a scope or something like that, you automatically you would get so much like a clearer headshots just doing that type of stuff with one hit as opposed to like going with a regular like battle rifle, looking down the scopes or this or that. You know, it felt like they had. It felt like. They weren't as powerful. Some of the weapons and stuff, especially that little putt putt gun that the little vanish guys have, where you have to charge yeah. the damn beam up by the little grunts the and stuff Ravager. running around with. Not like a Ravager, but it's like it's this little oh. miniature pistol and stuff that you charge yes. up and you fire the, the damn. Yeah, beam. I know. Exactly. Okay, yeah, I know. That, what was, about that, that yeah. was the that was my least favorite gun in that whole entire thing because it was so stupid. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, though, but that yeah. boss battle with uh, that main dude that has the freaking red freaking uh energy sword and stuff like that oh yeah he was he was a bitch yeah. uh to kill i mean once uh, yeah he was tough the, the third yeah the third the last boss fight pretty tough uh the second one i actually i beat him three times but the first time two times i beat him i we kill each other at the exact same time <laughs> so i had to keep replaying it over and over again uh he's pretty tough but like it's like a very tough but fair it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun like big fight feel kind of thing. I absolutely hated that one with Eshiram in some parts because he was right on my ass the entire time with me trying to grapple hook with me trying to evade and do all this other shit and cloaking. They automatically yeah. knew where you were at some points when even when you're fucking cloaked, dude. It was oh, so okay. fucking stupid. But uh, funniest part about the sword battle one and stuff, I literally ran out of ammo. Then I grapple hooked one of the power cores, tossed it at him, and it fucking killed him. <laughs> oh, those are the best. Dude, I just love that fucking. I cannot explain how great the grapple hook is because that thing, it is. Oh, it's oh, dude. Such, it's the coolest goddamn one. And like, I, that was, nothing would felt better was like, oh, I'm in trouble. Oh, fuck, there's a, there's a, there's a core over there. Grapple hook the core, bring it to you, fucking toss it. Somebody kill the grenade, essentially a grenade. Kill a fucking fucking kill a bunch of them, or throw it at a crowd of other cores. And it blows up and makes a bigger explosion. And kill, oh my god, it, it, it's or I, or if you're fuck, getting awesome. harassed by a banshee and you fucking could steal it out of the sky and just kick them out and stuff and just start yes, going. I've done that almost like a mid sky before. <laughs> yeah, I did it once, and then the, while I was doing it, the guy crashed while I was doing it, and killed me. But uh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. This game is—it's phenomenal. It's dude, it's those moments like that that make this game fantastic. Especially, it's like if you do like go for and see the banshee, and all of a sudden you see the elite just drop all the way down to like thirty feet and kill. Yeah, man, I I can't I can't believe how like much I love a Halo game. Like I've, I've been talking about pretty much for a while now. Like as I'm playing through four and five, like I've never been a Halo guy, even as I beat four and five. Like I like it more, but like I like. You know, I you know, like I've talked about, I've talked about the past a lot in this with Halo, but like, man, really get into it. And like, there was a like the music. Oh my god, like you're, oh, that music hits at some of these moments. Yeah. Like, oh, it's like 
you might as well just inject Red Bull into my veins, like the way I felt in some of these moments. Um, I get you not. And there was like w- one like I got chills and like an actual like cutscene at one of these. Um, I I I loved some of the characters. I I loved Echo Two One Six. The weapon, um, my new my new crush in video gaming. Oh, the weapon is uh, pretty cool. I mean, oh man, I love her. She is, uh, she's a, I love she's hilarious. Um, call me please. Um, there were times I real... kind of felt that Echo Two One Six was kind of a bit annoying, especially the early. Did you want Echo Two One Six to call you as well? Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> because I'm not I'm not here to judge because I'm with you. But um, yeah, the weapon and Echo, just call me, please. Um, yeah, I I I, I love them. I love the characters. I thought, I I think the story, like I was very confused through most of it. Like I love the main baddies though, because like I understand them. I understand like okay, I, I get what they're trying to do. Like, and I can like okay, I I very easily hate these people. Uh, but as far as like what we're doing, why we're doing it, and what the background for all these, no idea. I I have watched. It's kind of I, I think of a better understanding of NFTs at this point than I do the Halo story. Right. Um, uh, so like I and I've watched multiple like uh, like here's a full 22 minute breakdown on the history of Halo and it's in the story. I'm like okay, eight minutes in, I have no idea what you just said to me at all. I'm, I'm just gonna turn this off now. This so honestly with Halo Infinite, this is the first time I felt in years to where I feel like after playing, I want to play more Halo. Yeah. I I I, I want to keep playing it too, but like they the like there's they there's the leak that came out not really a leak but like Halo or that Microsoft uh, trademarked Halo Endless which they mm-hmm. reference in the game so people are like wondering if this is like a like a expansion like a DLC that they're gonna add later on because like the way they set it up that like they can really this is if this is gonna be Halo Infinite maybe instead of making a new Halo they just we get it periodically. We get like a, maybe a new expansion, which I'd be totally cool for. Like, I'll plop down twenty. There bucks were a bit of rumors even leading up to the launch of Halo Infinite that that, that was going to be the case, to where you have the mainline Halo Infinite, and all of a sudden insert certain like campaigns or certain yeah. like thing inside that game. If they know? do like a live service in that sense, where I mean this this isn't a live service game, but like they keep adding content, and like even if I got to pay. You know, twenty bucks for every twelve to eighteen months to get Dude, a thing. Like I'm all in. If it's like a, it. if it's like a full solid, like say eight to ten hour campaign and stuff, and I'm paying like thirty bucks or something for like a quality. Type Even if experience. it's like for two, like like well, we see this like Gears, uh, Gears of War five had the uh, Hive Busters DLC, and it was like, I think it was like fifteen twenty bucks, and it was like yeah. a three hour campaign. Even if it's just that, like twenty thirty bucks for more content, I'm all in, and they have, maybe they give you like a new map and some shit to do in it. Like, yeah, like. I definitely, as I beat it, I'm like, because I didn't, like, what kind of sucks is, like, you can beat the campaign. If you just main mainline it, you could probably beat it. And there is actually a trophy, or, tro- god damn it, not a trophy, but achievement. Don't come at me, people. <laughs> achievement, <laughs> where you, if to beat it in under eight hours. So it means not super duper long uh, if you don't want to do too much t- uh, side shit. So, um, I told, oh, sorry, I, I got, no, I'm sorry. I'm very tired. Uh, but, um. If you, uh, oh, I lost it again. It's gone. I just lost it. I, <laughs> oh, it's back. It is. I am breaking down. You are watching me break down mid podcast people that it is gone. <laughs> I got it back. Holy shit. Gables. Oh boy. It's back. 
it, what sucked was like midway through the game, like the main campaign, mm-hmm. that you just got to like a point of no return part, but yeah. you didn't know you got to a point. Like, I thought like normally what you do and like you, you yes. go to a main mission, it takes you off to an area, and then you beat that main mission, it takes you back to the open world. There comes a point like probably midway, maybe a little past midway point, where you're just you're just you're at the end. You're yep. mainlining it. There's you know you don't go back to the open world. You're just in the game now. And, and like, I is... had felt that this. I felt in a specific part of the game that that was going to be the case, and that was part of the reason why that I kept off from like continuing on to the main story stuff. And I just basically went the entire foray and started doing my excursions across the Zeta Halo and stuff. And that was during last week when I shared my experience playing Halo Infinite as well. And I wasn't like as further along as you were in the campaign, like at that point. But uh, yeah, that ended up being like a solid week for me to go or saw like week and a half or something to where I was like, okay, let's explore this and that let's accomplish this and that. And then I continued on like mid this coming week and stuff like that, that lot, you know, you know what I mean? Last week and stuff like that, just, just going through and doing all that stuff, the mission stuff and then finishing it. I literally finished it last night. Hmm. Right. So going through a lot of that last core section, because I knew that chunk that I had to go for, that was going to be a lump sum after that specific point. So I got the last couple of missions done, went through that whole battle with the the second-in-command in terms of his sword, and then with uh, Eshiram and stuff, and his fucking gravity hammer, and chasing it down like he's, like you fucking owe him money or some shit. <laughs> he did kill all of his friends, so. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, this game, this game is phenomenal. It's, yeah. uh, it lived up to the billion. Yeah, I mean, I got I wasn't super duper hyped up until probably like a, a few weeks ago when we started seeing some previews for it and I watched I'm usually not a big preview guy but like um I wanted to just kind of see what people were saying check this out just kind of get an idea what this game was right because uh, we hadn't seen a lot of the campaign parts and I saw it, I'm like oh okay this game looks incredible and it's like it is it's incredible it's one of the it's one of the best games of the year yeah absolutely um, yeah um and like I said it's one of the better it's one of the best first from shooter campaigns I've ever played. Uh, so it, it's phenomenal. If you have a PC that can play it or Xbox, um, fucking do it. it yeah. Like it's it's it it's it's amazing. This is worth buying full price for. This is worth getting Game Pass for if you haven't already. Uh, cause goddamn it, Gables, it's the best deal in gaming. Mm. Um, so yeah. But um, did you play anything else, Gables? No, honestly, okay. I just stick mostly with Halo Infinite this week. Okay. I played one other thing, but I'm not going to say that for the next episode. Okay. I won't talk, I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but I'll talk about it next week. Uh, well, for you guys, but a few minutes for us. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, this is our last episode before Christmas. Like I said, we'll be back on Christmas Day with an episode for you guys. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening to us all year. Um, like I said, we'll be back. We'll have a, a special show for you next week. But this is like our last new, new one with actual like a regular show. Until and then we'll have our gaming stuff, our game of the year stuff in two weeks. Uh, but thank you guys for listening to us all year, sticking with us, finding us after our original feed got uh, deleted because goddamn Katy Perry. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for finding us, or you know whether you're new or old to the to us. Um, but yeah, thank you guys. If you like all of this, you, you enjoyed it. Um, like, share, subscribe, run everywhere, everywhere, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, Spotify. Spotify has you can re- you can rate and review now. On Spotify, so mm-hmm. please do that for us. Uh, the more of you guys doing that for us, five stars, thumbs ups, 
shares shares the big one uh more likely this people will find us so we really appreciate you doing that tell your friends uh, but anyways i was your host i was tyler and i have been colonel gables until next time everyone thank you very much for listening into us and stuff because we definitely do appreciate any little bit and stuff doesn't matter where we're located and stuff we highly appreciate like the love and support that you do give us each week by downloading and listening to our show just a couple of guys a couple of average joes go through just talking about video games but i drink, I drink beer sometimes most importantly of all that, thank you very much for listening to the Drunk Dash Nerds podcast and Merry freaking Christmas. And also Gables? Yeah. Fuck you, Peter Molyneux. <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya.